0: Please be aware that explicit language used during some of these interviews may offend sensitive listeners. Just before putting out episode 2 of the chain, the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority released a joint statement with the police service to issue a stern warning that the establishment of illegal dispensaries, online sites and social media platforms which are marketing and selling cannabis and cannabis-related products to the public remains illegal except we're specifically allowed in terms of the Medicines and Related Substances Act. Our previous conversation with medical cannabis license holder Tandeka Kunene highlighted the unequal playing field in which the cannabis economy is developing. Her insights into the arduous red tapes around medical trade and tokens of wisdom on where we need to be from a regulatory perspective were just memorable. So how do you think that um, this Green Rush can be inclusive of um, the black market and the guy on the street who's been selling ganja for all his life and the one who just has a small plantation at home but is growing some very nice stuff because of the methods
1: that he uses or she uses? You know, the first thing I would say with them, I call them hex, okay? Hex is a... Many of us actually put together that thing, but let's say we call them hex. It's a historically advantaged and advanced because you may not have been advantaged, but you may have been advanced because your advantage would have left you to be advanced. And if you did it without being advantaged, you are now advanced in the cannabis. So it's historically advantaged or advanced cannabis criminals. Okay. Which means before 18 September, 2018, they were criminals.
0: Black market grower Randy also took us through the business of growing and why the green leaf provides significant economic potential, but with a tremendous amount of risk.
2: What I'm about to say is most likely going to be either impossible or with the right amount of backing and influence, um, a pretty good good idea. What they should do is they should try and do an audit, like an open, honest Come forth, everybody who's been in the industry for a while, you know. Come forth and like, let's find out what you, what capabilities you have, what experience you have, and let's employ these people. Because once the likes of cigarette companies and those other things come into to to the game, the odd man in his backyard is gonna start losing. You know that depends on it. Um, so I'd say bring bring them all together and employ the guys. The guys with the experience. The guys who've been doing this stuff because. It's, I think this game uh, entails experience. The more experience you have, the more you can look after this thing, so to say.
0: When I arrived at a spot in Johannesburg North where weed has been sold for decades before I could even legally drive, it was hard to tell the difference between the homeless guys who regularly ask for help at the robot and the actual dealers. The familiar Jarman, who has made that block his own over many years, was not around and passerby stopped for sweets or cigarettes at the street vendor, which is really used as a smoke screen for the more prominent trade. My attempts to persuade the first dealer I previously approached to talk about their day job suddenly became reluctant to speak once the recorder went on. But I quickly forgot about that blow to my plan once he led me to a more assertive and pretty interesting character named Fargo.
1: If you have a market of your own, like your own kind of clients, shit like that, it's easier for you to always have to always be busy, like have business coming through for you, you understand? Yeah. It's easier for you to survive and like sell through more packs. So you need a
0: constant quality supply.
1: Well not not, not, not yeah, yes yes that's and but more you need, you, need to, you need to have a circle of people that buy from you over your phone, like a, some kind of a database of, right. of some You're sorts, whether it's WhatsApp mm-hmm. or Facebook, how you get a hold of them, you know. Like somehow you should get a hold of them. Yeah. Even this guy, you see him, he says I'm not very clever. He's got a, he's got a small phone in him as well. And they call him for his joints, you know. He just sells joints, he doesn't sell anything else, you know. He makes a lot of noise like that, but he's just sell joints. Guys, don't know. sell us to your you see, So but anyway, guys, like that's how we guys, that's how we work.
0: Fogg is a chef by profession, but work has been scarce. He says there's little job security in a world of five-star culinary. He blends well with the guys on the block who double as street beggars at peak time traffic. Their back and forth heckling is tense welcoming as you approach the popular covert green store. There seems to be a culture of togetherness but at the same time you're competing. How do you guys there seems, navigate to, be, there seems to be a what? A culture of togetherness but at the same time you guys No, we're not competing. together. No ways. No <laughs> look, look,
1: you see if we're together, someone here would be parking a car living in one of these buildings here but it's not going to be like that because as much as i told you i told you that i came from bramfontein and i came to sell here She said there is no togetherness because i found this guy here but he still hates me to that much in his core he thinks that i might take all the customers away from him even though he's had seven years of selling ganja on the street and nothing has happened you know but that's just the culture of things. That's how it works here. You
0: see. Uh
1: huh.
0: Yeah. That's how it works. There, right? Yeah. So how do you influence? Um, how do we deal with you it? You I, just, li- I just live, dope, mommy? Wow. I'm just
1: living, you know. Yeah. It's not it's about not, quality dope. You know, people. When people buy ganja, some people don't buy ganja itself. I might not be selling the best strain, but just because of who Fargo is,
0: that's trust.
1: why you'd rather much come buy two joints from me and speak to me while I roll your joints, and I can hear all your bullshit stories about your life or whatever. Than the other guy who just gives you the joints and takes the money and like, yeah, I'll see you next week again. You understand? I can shoot the shit more with the client. That's why you'd rather buy from me.
0: Tough tensions around dealer blocks in Johannesburg are becoming more palpable as competition keeps growing. And with the market of recreational and medicinal users as big as South Africa's, it makes sense that the herb is increasingly becoming a go-to trade for the hopeless. So people are definitely um, bringing in more wheat from our neighboring countries yeah, and they are course, growing here. Yeah. Yeah,
1: some people are growing themselves. I have clients of mine who are not coming because they're growing
0: uh-huh. You understand?
1: But when that grow finishes off the crop, like has nothing to give anymore, mm-hmm. then you'll see him back here again, understand. Yeah.
0: So do you
1: think the it's just court fuck, ruling it's just that
0: now made it legal for people missed, to grow for themselves?
1: I think it's just messed things up, you know, in terms of like how the plants belonged to, like how we were able to do things with the plant. You know like how many times I've been, how many times I've had a job and I I would stop working because I'm not, I'm not happy with the boss or shit like that. But I'd be able to sell ganja wherever I am. You know, I was at UCT, you know, I'm in uh, Rondebosch, I used to stay that side. I was working for a hotel called Greenway's Hotel in Bishop's Court. When, they, when I stopped the job there, I stayed for like about two months without working, but I was selling ganja very freely, you know, going inside campus selling ganja, you know. And I was able to do things, you understand? But now with this law, all it's done is just given white people like the right to buy it, put it in like expensive buildings and shit like that, call it other names, you know, and do it. You know, I feel like it's what I was doing before. But they just doing it in buildings now, behind buildings and shit like that. With
0: a bigger access with to the much
1: more bigger access, you know, and it not being called illegal, you know. I just I recently came out of Sun City like from a seven month stretch for being caught with Ganja and selling to a, cl- a client. you know, But I, they didn't catch me with anything on me selling to him. I was approaching the car, you understand? So just hearing that there's like a, there's a scooter service delivery right now that is running around with Ganja, different strains giving to people, you know, I mean, I we accept things man, you know us we're cannabis people man, you accept that, you know, but we still we with all this competition coming in with Ganja, we still think somehow we still we still are surviving. We're still surviving, you understand? Yeah. That's
0: all. Fargo isn't too sure that he shares the delight of thousands of South Africans who now have the right to use and grow marijuana in private. But he sees are new opportunities for existing owners of capital and privilege who are already far ahead of the legal game right now. Would you say that South Africans are big cannabis consumers? or
1: No, definitely. Most definitely, that is on on the definitely, yeah. yeah.
0: And the kind South of Africans clients that come to you?
1: Oh man, females, girls, women like you, man. Yeah, I got like, you know, like five chicks that buy from me, dog. Other one works for Alexander Forbes, you see. I mean, she's an, uh, she's an accountant, my God, but she buys like 10 joints. Yeah, so imagine. it's
0: across the gender spectrum, across yes, the racial yes. spectrum.
1: There's old man, there's even an old man, like old man. I've got a boy of mine, he comes with his mother here. I call him big boy, he comes with his mother. His mother. Imagine. And they come and buy ganja from me. His mother will choose a bag, he will choose the bag.
0: Police raids or random searches are characterized by confiscation, intimidation and resale. Cases are struck off the roll often, presumably by a lack of evidence because some officers are smoking pot and selling it. Two of the dealers I spoke to were clear that their clients are from a wide and diverse demographic, like accountants, lawyers, journalists, artists, DJs, retired folk, public service officials, gardeners, tellers, doctors, and yes, police. This obviously can't be true for the entire police service but I can tell you that I may have almost witnessed it while chatting to Fargo for this episode. And just like that, the police pull up, the road ahead is closed for construction and I am biting through the tension in the air. Fargo is rolling his morning joints with at least 500 grams of crushed bud on his lap. He quickly squashes the paper holding the bud and continues listening to episode 1 of the chain which I'm playing to him to get an idea of what I'm producing. Everyone seems to know the drill. The police will get out of their patrol car, do a stop and search, and depending on who it is, things could get ugly. But today things are kinda different. There's a woman, me, possibly looking too official, standing with an iPhone near Fargo's ear. I see the two officials hesitate and they mull over what I'm doing on the block. In less than three minutes, they drive off, leaving a trail of anxiety amongst all of us. That was an intense moment, so the yeah. police just drove by, and yeah. I am a journalist who is interviewing a dealer who is rolling his ready-made for the
1: day. Yeah, and the cops just came past.
0: So, under normal circumstances, what would have happened?
1: I would have stood up and uh, tried, tried to hide this ganja first of all and then hide the ganja that i have in my pockets as well um, and then i would have come and sit that same position i'm sitting you know and just wait for them to search or either uh, oh and hide my money that i have as well
0: and if i caught you too fast yeah, and they found the yeah, ganja would usually have... Yeah. Ooh. what sorry so if they yeah, yeah, yeah acted fast uh, and they no, found no, no, you no, no, no. with the ganja index, If they
1: found me with my ganja. what have happened. <laughs> then they found me with my ganja, then they take my ganja, you know. Uh, they take my ganja and they take me most probably.
0: Fargo is flipping what he had just told me off the record completely. He is suddenly a lot more hesitant to disclose details into their relationship with authorities. But you just mentioned
1: a different scenario before? Yeah, well, I, I mean... <laughs> Well, I mean that's what I'm. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. You know, if they found me, they would have taken my. They would have taken my ganja. They would have taken myself as well. You see. Um,
0: and the situations where they're selling it back to you.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but.
0: I know that I can. <laughs> I know that I can. No, listen. I know that I can buy ganja. Record, oh, I know record. that I can
1: buy ganja from some of them. You understand? Yeah. I know I can buy. Some guy, uh, this guy's ganja, if they confiscate his ganja, I can buy some of that. You know. If it's the right guy, you know, I'll buy <laughs> I'll buy that ganja back, you know. <laughs> Yo, know, he'll tell you, you man. You know. Our cars too now, eh? you know this guy, you know. I once had I once had 15 bags for you, man. Eh? I was standing here in the morning. I was alone here, man. Nah? He went to the mall to go buy some beer, nah? you know
0: what I'll do? I won't no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mentioning. No I'm not mentioning no
1: one's name. Are. Don't worry. No one's name has been in. mentioned. Don't. Don't. You don't, even, you don't need even to listen to this guy. No one's name has been mentioned here. You understand? Yeah, no so so you don't need to listen. So You're exposing the game,
0: yeah. so he's concerned.
1: No, man. There's nothing that's exposed here. I'm telling you about experiences that once have happened.
0: What's okay, what, yeah. what? What? What has Go been exposed on, there?
1: Pablo no, Escobar. Pa- come Pablo come Escobar to told people like how he did some of his things before he died. You know. Nobody said shit to him, you know, so, you know, so.
0: Okay, so that morning.
1: Also that morning I had like about 20 bags on me, 20 bags. This guy had left them with me, he went to go buy some beer. So the first customer came through, he came through in these old classic Mercedes Benz. And I know this guy, is like an American boy, but a black boy. And he wanted 10 bags. So this boy wants 10 bags and I I had hidden the ganja like at the on the axle of one of the cars, one of the librarian's cars, you know? And I was standing right here. So this boy came through, he wanted 10 bags. I took 10 bags out for him, I took the rest of the ganja, I put it back. But someone who was coming into the library apparently had taken a video of me and sent it to the cops, you know? And it was in the morning, no one was here, you know? Yeah, I was alone. (laughs) Then the cops came through. They pulled through like in the private car, the private Ford, the black one. And they pulled through, you know what they did? They went directly to my ganja where I had hidden the ganja. They didn't talk nothing to me, they didn't greet me. They went straight to the ganja, the rest of the bag. They took the bag and then they told me, man, follow us, go inside, we know that's your ganja, you know? (laughs) So this nigga had to come back and like, bail me out, you know? You know, with the cops, you know? It's kind of a thing. So that's what happened, you know?
0: Did you spend a night in jail? No, 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 no,
1: informally, (laughs) it was an informal bail, (laughs) it's one the state would never be seeing the money to, that's for sure.
0: Non-medicinal cannabis trade is a sticky subject. I think so-called recreational smokers are self-medicating in many ways and that the reasons people buy a ready-to-go joint or a few packaged grams on uptown Joburg North Corners differ greatly. In rural places like Ponderland in the Eastern Cape, wheat cultivation goes back hundreds and thousands of years. Women in small remote villages depend entirely on growing and supply a healthy demand to both Cape Town, Port Elizabeth and Johannesburg. A recent Ground Up series tells a captivating story of how this wave of policy shifts and the Constitutional Court ruling in favor of private use and cultivation are affecting their sales. Some have lost the help of family members who are serving up to eight years in prison for dealing in drugs. Further away, in the Western Cape lies one of the oldest colonial towns in the country. Swellen Dam is home to a heritage site where indigenous and or colored communities live across the length and breadth of that landscape. I bumped into a Rastafarian community during a South African National Parks launch. The men who identify as descendants of indigenous groups were kind enough to welcome me during a very spiritual moment. A smoking moment. The men are seated under a tree, some squatting as they clean and prepare another smoke pipe, while an elder sits almost in the center of their ring and takes me through their run-ins with the law. Because you can't get a medical license if you have a criminal record, which is yeah, yeah. already the Rasta community.
3: Yeah, no matter no more no such officers no criminals. You see that there, let us before yeah. I kept up for ganja. Yeah. Because if a ganja mm. kept, up, was mm. that a criminal. Mm. saw. So. see but what about If you know, they, um, they, 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 they have been suffered,
4: sure. they suffered. Luckily yeah. for him, never went to prison for ganja. But what about me? My friend lies my Rasta brother, Naftaliou, went for two years, his first time, his first case ever in his life. The state gave him a state lawyer, Wiley, the state lawyer, made him sentenced to prison for two years, and he's from, 12, he's just two years out of school, just finished grade 10 or grade 11, I don't know, but. The thing is, the system doesn't help us. We, we believe in ganja because from the old times, like the elders say, we, we've been fighting for it. People been abusing it, but now everybody want to use it. But who's the people who have to get the pride over it now? And I'm glad we have been fighting all along for this thing to become legal and showing the people that this tree brings healing to the blood nation. Blood and it, blood blood even it's hemp makes blood very blood blood useful clothes.
0: The Rastafarians certainly don't need a scientist to tell them about the benefits of cannabis use. Their belief systems around the healing and beneficial aspects of the plant go back centuries.
3: And nowadays, the people who tell you funny answer, they say all bush we all doctors. You got talk doctors, like the Koi people, what I let them call of rasta bush doctor second cloud they specialize for several years and hubs. herbs you see now i can tell you know you got that herb no doubt if i give you that if you got that problem i can solve it with the herb and you must use it according to him, he told you you must use it as a doctor you see now but they got no qualification to be a doctor now that is the thing now is like an for in the future, and we will put trainings for dead people that they can come educate and they certificate. That's why in nowadays, also in the present and in the future, and like we registered online. You see now we cooperate with these governments, and so we got now local link. You can see also part of stakeholder from these things, but same time we can get our youth now and training, financial training. Uh, like the bush doctors what not education van tennis, tennis of the but he got his own uh, instinct so I made many traditional doctors in Allah lot would be a tempting.
0: I later caught up with another member of the community, Market Benji, who I was amused to learn has already formed a healthy and beneficial relationship with medicinal cannabis license holder, Dr. Tandeka Kunene. Benji is part of a growing community of organized traditional healers and indigenous knowledge holders while organizing to avoid missing South Africa's green rush. But it's still illegal to trade, yes. and it's still illegal to grow through trade. Yes. Um, and so I'd just like to know, you know, from the Rasta community and I suppose in this context it's even from the indigenous community, um, how do you think government can regulate the industry to make sure that the Rastafari Farai community is, is included in these changes? Um, and that the black market, so-called black illicit market, is included in these changes.
2: You see, normally what happens is, um, um, yeah, the very first part did happen now, whereby the legalisation part was being established within from government side. So, clearly it shows there's a little political war. But it's not, uh, not enough. Um, so now, yeah, the, the, the work start to make sure legislation is in place um, with all the different factors. Um, hence, now um, 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 the, the type of markets that's been created. Yeah, it come with um, tendencies and it comes with sort of like, you have to know for sure where you let yourself into and all of that so and it comes down to centralization and it comes down to organization here so so the groupings yeah they come up with um sort of like registration entities um and all of that now um how do you bind that into legislation that is the other difficult part so um yeah currently our our Rasta community um at large um who are currently dealing with um with the cannabis and with the legislation part, did formalise themselves into um, um, forums. Did um, come up with um, initiatives whereby they talk as a collective, um, and that make it a little bit easy for um, rather than talk out of an individual point of view. So whereby um, all the all the all the ones that are currently busy with the activities. say it's processing. say it's extraction. Hence, it is growing. So it is a it's a variety. Of, of, of markets itself. So it is all up to the groupings in terms of what they want to do, what is their plan, and where they must step into. And then they must um, come up with a plan and a strategy how they see themselves in there. That's that is where it come from. Um, at the moment, you can't um, point to a certain specific um, um, legislation that is already in work out there, while we are the ones that must be active, engage with a with the process that is currently on to make sure you are part of legislation when it's when it start to be implemented.
0: Pastafarians, religious, and other traditional healers should not be at a tug of war with law enforcement the way street dealers or commercial farmers are. In fact, according to the Traditional Health Practitioners Act, a traditional healer is allowed to prescribe cannabis, but not sell it. It falls under their indigenous plant system. It's also important to note that everyone who is acquiring a traditional healer's license right now are not actual traditional healers. As of August 2019, over 70 dispensaries were legally selling medical cannabis products. The more organized and rapidly expanding pro-cannabis community, who are also operating illegally, are easily accessible on social media. Markets, festivals, flea markets, coffee shops, wellness stores, and plenty of online services for catering of cannabis-infused edibles, among them are those who are taking advantage of the legal status of CBD. which changed in may 2019 so for the next 12 months this miracle oil derived from hemp will fall entirely outside drug regulations cbd is not psychoactive and uses vary from anxiety epilepsy chronic pain treats nausea in chemotherapy patients insomnia and many other uses in application creams or oils the regulations mean that cbd can be sold by anyone to anyone that's it for me on yet another exciting journey through the cannabis economy. Another huge thank you to my executive producer, Kahiso Mnisi, and Kahiso Shapangu for his wizardry on this series. In episode three, we turn to cannabis culture and related product traders who are operating as above board as possible, and we get some insights into how this cannabis lifestyle marketing functions.